Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Duckies and Dargons. As always, my name is Mayhem, and I'm going to be your DM for this evening. Before we go and get into the recap and all the rest of the other bits of housekeeping before tonight's session, I just want to go ahead and prematurely, prematurely, go ahead and say a massive happy birthday to Anon. Uh, her birthday is technically the day following now but we'll be rolling into her birthday with some D&D so very 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 happy birthday yes so with that joyous little bit of uh conversation out of the way shall we re what the the whole happy birthday to me sort of thing exactly okay yeah yeah you you do that i just realized that discord was still muted up until this point so i apologize how could you? Uh, very fucking easily. ADD brain go burr, and there's like two monitors worth of content here. So, yeah, very easily. <laughs> At least compianos. Uh, I don't understand hexes and curses. <laughs> That's happy birthday in Spanish, mayhem. Uh, you uncultured swine. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm very well, very well aware of the fact that I am uncultured. Thank you for reminding me. It's because you're still sober, that's why. I don't know. No, probably not for long, but hey. Anyhow, let's get into the recap. Uh, last session of Duckies and Dargons, we underwent the first part of the second Vardorian Summit with Zarus and Alara, primarily Zarus and Alara, I should say, uh, attempting to oust uh, Balin as a traitor to the rest of the council and King Alfred and Kala, uh, Zarus handing over the journal of notes that he had written following his detect thoughts on Ilera the day before, um, leaving Balin being cast away from the summit, uh, vol somewhat voluntarily leaving, um, but in essence he was told to fuck off for now get the fuck out please yeah get the fuck out um so yeah balen's uh inclusion and uh usefulness within the scope of the summit is now concluded uh unless events transpire that he ends up having information that could be of value but unlikely uh we also got to see the emergence of the venoran emissary and representative making their late and dramatic entry to the summit. Uh, Salathir showed his true colors and showed his, his presence and uh, displayed what side of the line of the, uh, the shit show that is what is happening in Vardor in which he stands on uh, and, delay and delivered a, a simple message. <laughs> the threat that you are facing it, yeah, we're we're standing beside it. Yeah, um, we're not on the opposite side of the battlefield like you guys are. Really, this is this is not this is not a fight you want to pick up. Also, uh, the guy that's the head of the theocracy, you know, the place that got burnt down a couple days ago. Yeah, here's his head, and here's the head of the Azlegalian Empire. Um, they work for us now, so you're kind of fucked. <laughs> um, and he he kind of took a little stab at Alara before he before he left as well. Uh, so, 
if you haven't already done so, go ahead and listen to that session because it was it was juicy. I'm gonna close my door. And ladies and gentlemen, just a little side note, I apologize for my crappy sounding audio in that episode. Even though I sound much better now because I am actually at home for once. Yes, you're home. It's a very rare occurrence these days. Right. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, also a little a little teaser a, a little teaser before we get to the the big announcement for tonight. Um, that episode that we released prior to this one, so the last episode, there's some juicy bits of dialogue in there. I am encouraging my players to go back and re-listen multiple times. As soon as I realized I went, oh, shit. As soon as I realized, like, fuck. Yeah. Fuck, fuck, yeah. fuck. There's, um... I've lost count of how many times I've actually listened to that episode. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, to all my players, go back and listen to that session again because there are lines of dialogue that pertain to plot threads and conversations from a long time ago so bear that in mind you you may pick up on things you may draw conclusions but you will have to go back and listen on your own accord now onto the the only big announcement that we have tonight and that is that tony will not be joining us uh zaris tony tony is recovering from uh dental surgery so he will be sitting out the session uh he was invited to come and sit into the session and sort of just listen without actually participating but i'm assuming that he is taking the much deserved time to rest so tony uh rest up i know you'll probably be listening to this when it la- when it goes live anyway so i hope you're feeling better dude uh at I least was- when the anesthesia finally wears off <laughs> yeah and when the fucking drugs kick like die down a bit like let me know when your copus mentis and I'll I'll hit you up with a DM. I might not be able to do it tomorrow, but fuck it, I'll I'll do my best. Uh, He's going through a ser- very serious cognitive recalibration right now. Oh, dude, he is on cloud eighteen, let alone nine. I can already tell. So with the- he skipped some levels. <laughs> Woo! Uh, yeah. So with that in mind, we wish Tony a very speedy recovery <laughs> and hope that he is back with us next session for. His regularly scheduled uh, chaotic, uh, chaotic shenanigans. So don't worry, we've got some, we've got some d twenty shaped waffles for him. Oh my no no! <laughs> we miss you, Count Ginger. <laughs> <laughs> All I am right. here to take your waffle. <laughs> All right, okay, okay. You guys are starting to call shenanigans way too fucking early, so I'm just gonna go ahead and. Oh, I'm just getting started, buddy. Yeah, well, you know what? It's funny you should say that, Meldir, because guess what? What? We're going to be fucking starting tonight's session in the city of Blackreach. So, it's roughly 2 p.m., 2 to 3 p.m. in the afternoon. You've been making the final preparations that you need to do in order to transport yourself and Fogfang to Amdale. More specifically, the heart of the seat of the monarchy's power. You have the ability to transport yourself directly to the Sapphire Keep. Fogfang is by your side as you are traversing the halls towards the teleportation circle that will be taking you on this instantaneous journey. As you arrive, 
he looks to you and says, You know, my lord, there's not many times where I acknowledge my own limitations. However, I will classify this as one and go on record. Perhaps it would be wise if, as much as I hasten to say it, perhaps it would be wise if you did the majority of the talking when we arrive. I already had that on my mind, my friend. Um, I really, <clears throat> excuse me, I merely want you there as basically a support and to be able to feed information that I do not currently possess at this time. Well, let's just hope that we don't find ourselves in the, in the blockades as soon as we arrive. Otherwise, this trip will have been all for nothing. Let's just hope we arrive in one piece. Yes, um, it would seem as though the Vardorian military have erected a duplication of the barrier that you and Archmage Marshin Duran created to protect the theocracy. Only this one seems to be more arcanely advanced whereas people whereas people could come and go in the theocracy it would appear that this one has prevented that sort of uh luxury from ever occurring once we're in are the you, city we may not be able to leave are you telling me that someone has altered my lodestones mm -mm. unclear i don't think the physical lodestones have been altered sir i think it's more the incantation uh, I think a secondary incantation has been placed upon the lodestones in order to make the 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 barrier more restrictive. Hence, why I do believe that it is impossible for people to come in or out of the city at this time. Okay. Upon you saying that, mayhem, I want to roleplay something real quick. Okay. Go ahead. What you're gonna see is hanging around Mildir's neck is an aquamarine, almost looks like a quartz crystal necklace. And what he's gonna do is he's gonna make a hand formation in front of that necklace, and you're gonna see the necklace start to glow. What he's doing is that necklace links him to the keystone, and he wants to get an arcane sense on what was altered on the lodestones at the keep. Okay, roll me an arcana check. Oh, absolutely. Fourteen for a total of twenty-seven. Holy shit! <laughs> Fucking hell. Okay. Um. Yeah, with a twenty-seven straight off the rip. Uh, it's almost as though you can see a visual representation of the lodestones in your head. You notice straight away that there is indeed a secondary incantation put on them. And this enchantment is one that turns the barriers from ethereal to physical. This one, the secondary enchantment was put onto the lodestones by the Grand Seer himself. But this was done as a backup plan to a backup plan. So 
the initial enchantment on lodestones to create the barrier and the secondary enchantment can be triggered separately with your original so, with your original enchantment being the first one and then if needs be the second one kicks in okay so i can tell that it's not any kind of danger to the lodestones or to no. the people all right so then you're gonna see the glow from his necklace dim and he's gonna lower his hands look at fogfang and just be like remind me to ask someone about that Yes, sir. Um, maybe wise not to challenge the decision to alter the incantation, as though the current world situation does seem to almost paint a picture of it being necessary. Well, be that as it may, Fogfang, that's still my property, and I place those myself. Understood. So, shall we be going? Also, um, can you uh, send a message to uh, Brecken and tell him to have Arcane Mages standing by regarding the alteration to the Lodestones? You watch as his, his left eye uh, flickers and there's about 10 seconds worth of silence before Fogfang goes, it is done. I think Brecken will probably place this at the uh, near the top of the list of priorities of which he needs to execute whilst we are gone. Uh, ish I would kind of not place it at the top but just keep bared in mind that someone needs to be standing by Fogfang gives you a brief nod and just it's a, it's a nod of acknowledgement he, he's agreeing so as you arrive at the teleportation circle you well, actually, I'm going to let you describe what you do. All right. As soon as we get to the edge, you're going to see Mildur wave his hand over the circle. And you're going to see the runes and the rings start to light up. And then he's going to motion for Fogfang to step in. And then he himself is going to step in. Okay. As you both step into the, the teleportation circle, it immediately begins to emit that dim arcane glow that symbolizes that it, it itself acknowledges there's a presence. But it's you that needs to trigger it. Stand by. Loading. <laughs> Loading. Sorry, it's stuck Windows on Windows has crashed. <laughs> Vardor. Lodestone 404. Not found. <laughs> Vardor.exe does not exist. <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. I knew I got a corrupted file. Okay. To activate it, you're going to see Meldir snap his finger, and his staff appears in his right hand, and he's going to tap it on the ground, and you're going to see an arcane light emit from it, and that's going to activate the ring. Awesome. You watch as the entire room is gone in a flash of blinding white light. And in an instant, in half the time that it takes you to draw breath, you touch down and you fall about a foot and a half, but your feet touch down. And as you look around, make me a perception check. I have a passive of 23. Does that help? 
Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll that'll definitely do it. The location is familiar, however, the the details have changed somewhat since you were last here, Maldir. You're in the, the palace gardens. As you touch down, you look out at roughly a quarter of an acre of luscious green, vibrant pinks, yellows, reds, oranges, purples, beautiful hedges that have been trimmed into various depictions, some depicting women in beautiful silhouette form, some depicting animals, canines, felines, equestrian animals. There's even sea creatures depicted and then there's this massive roughly 40 50 tall 50 foot tall beautiful oak tree in the center of the palace gardens that you are standing about 20 feet away from no more than f five seconds after your feet touch the ground you hear from behind you on your left hand side this surprised, authoritative, and defensive shout as two Crown's guards order you to remain where you are. All right. Upon noticing that, Mildred's going to hold up his hand and just be like, relax. I don't know who you report to at this moment, but please tell them that Mildred Traveris has arrived. Go ahead and make a persuasion check. Oh boy. This is gonna be interesting. Please don't not one on this. <laughs> 18 for a total of 31. Holy shit! Does that help? That I don't right. think we've ever had a 31 in duckies, have we? We've never had a 30, let alone a 31. Holy, I don't think any of you guys can roll a 31. I think the highest I've ever seen rolls a 27 from Anon's attacks, but... Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Holy shit. Give me time. Oh, yeah, give, give, her, give her time. <laughs> She's like, hold my beer. She'll be dealing 100 points of damage on her sneak attack alone by the end of the campaign. Right. Just you fucking wait. <laughs> Meldir with a 31. Your voice is so calm. It's so naturally authoritative that it's almost as though you've watched the the tension in the air sort of just fall as these two crowns guards approach you, spears pointed directly at you. But they're not tightly grasped. It's more we're just we're, we're we're playing it safe here. They stop about I'd say about ten feet away from you before looking at you saying This palace is on lockdown. Explain yourself. How just how did you get inside the palace? I helped build this palace. One of the crowds. Yeah, mayhem. Try to beat a 31. Yeah, yeah. It's not fucking possible. He got a 20. So, yeah. Shut up. <laughs> uh, one of the crowns guards, a sort of 
five and a half foot tall white furred like i'm talking snow white furred tabaxi is just looking at you and then looking to his colleague and saying like he, he watches he places a hand on the, his colleague's spear and just gently lowers it and says okay well if you built this if you helped build the palace why has no one ever heard of you I've been asleep for the last 50 years. No shit. And I'm the king's right-hand man and second brother twice removed. If you'd like, I could show you that magic. You're not from around here, are you, sir? I'm from the Frostglades area. Frostglades, Frostglades. I, I'm, I'm essentially the tribal leader of the Frostglades. You see this tabaxi look to his, his colleague and say, Did we wake up in the same world? His colleague looks at him and goes, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd believe so, yeah. Um, Sir. I know I didn't. Sir, you're... You're using terms that go back over... I want to, if, if my math is right, I want to say you're talking about things that are a, like over a century old. I'm 205. Do the math. He looks you up and down and turns to the, 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 the tabaxi and says, I, I, I don't think he's lying. I, I, I think he's, I mean, he doesn't look old, but... 50 years in stasis will do that. They, they're looking at each other genuinely dumbfounded, and they sort of shake it off, and the tabaxi looks at you and goes, Okay, so... Through means that none... Like, neither of us can fathom, and I'm sure that nobody in the current administration or monarchy can ever understand you've managed to find yourself here in the center of the palace gardens on the one day in the last hundred years when security is at its tightest yes i and like you're I said, and you're armed I'm armed, but I do not come in hostile intent, as I said before. <laughs> and if he was still alive, I'm pretty sure my dear friend York the Black would affirm that. It's about as he shoots you a look of... Not confusion, but he's trying to suss out whether or not you're being for real. He looks to you and says... M Mel, dear, you said your name was, right? Melder Traverse. If you need good confirmation, you can get the High Commander Evar to come forth and confirm that. See the Tabaxi, his eyes widen for a second as he is literally hearing you pluck details that he he genuinely believes you shouldn't know out of thin air. And he's, he just looks at you and says, Well, sir, it may aggrieve you to know that 
His Majesty King York the Black has been dead for some time now. In fact, he's been dead for... I want to say coming up about four decades. Yes, I know. I was there at his funeral. Well then. You... <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm just gonna come out right here. I'm just gonna come out and say it. What's your reason for coming here, sir? I am the emissary for the Frost Glades and also the helpful founder of the monarchy. You see, he looks to he looks to his comrade and Sort of says, was there a name missed off the list that nobody really ever knew about? You see the, the other crimes guard looks at him and goes, hey, I, I don't know. I I just got here from from Snowcap Outpost. I I don't know. I don't know half of what's going on here. I'm just told, hey, patrol here, patrol here. That's it. That's all let I me uh, Let me alleviate your worry. And if you would. Can you please fetch the high commander? He would be able to 100% verify my identity and why I'm here. Sir, the high commander of the sword is currently situated at the the high at, at the Vardorian summit. And that's why I'm here. Because is the Vardorian summit not also supposed to include all tribal leaders across the Vardorian continent? Okay, that second part I don't have an answer to, but the first part I can tell you, you're you're a good couple of hours late. I'm a good fifty years late, but we'll get to that when it comes time. Right. Well <clears throat> If what you say is true, then we will not lose our jobs for this. Uh sure. Fuck it. I feel like something worse could go wrong if we say no, but We'll take you to the High Commander. And if you're not being truthful in what you say, he will cut you in half and then use your bones to pick your teeth. If I know him well, and I've known him for over a hundred years, I'm pretty sure that will not come to that. You watch as they, they come to your flank and begin to escort you through the palace gardens into the actual sapphire keep itself as you walk through the first three corridors it is silent only sounds that can be heard are the three sets of footsteps yours and the two crowns guard echoing throughout the concrete halls you turn a left hand corner onto another hallway and you watch as this six foot tall long jet black haired figure in ornate black armor cape from shoulder down to ankles flanked by four uh identically dressed guards rounds the corner walks past you his eyes lock onto you as he passes you gives you a subtle nod and then just keeps on walking as you make your way down the corridor, Meldir, there is this faintest sound of voices in the distance. 
And judging by how far away it sounds, it sounds as though the, the person in question is shouting profusely. Almost like it's a one-sided conversation. Uh, would you like to make a perception check or do you just want to beeline it for the throne room? I'll do perception. I'll use my 23 passive on that. Okay. You're not aware of who the, the individual is, but the conversation is definitely one-sided. He, This individual is male and they are shouting to someone and the, whoever they're shouting at gives no audible responses. Statements come laced with frustration more than anger and agitation of knowing that they should be somewhere and they've been essentially turfed out it's you catch snippets and the individual is saying that his majesty the king is a fool that he's trusting people who have no credibility he is trusting the words of what is essentially a group of strangers strangers that just so happen to have predicted everything that's come right that's actually come into fruition and have led to the upheaval of one of the the pillars of society you hear this individual saying it is preposterous that they are being subject to what is essentially quarantine in the castle when all they've ever done is the job that his majesty the king brought them into the fold in order to do act as an advisor and as a buffer between him and the high council before we get before we bring you into the uh into the the summit Ilara said that there was something that she would like to do yeah, something I thought to do in the last session because I sort of got carried away at the moment, but um So the minute Salafi would have left that room, like after Elyra's done the prayer to uh Canaveras assault to try and get him to fuck off and whatnot. Salafi would have had that chat and Salafi would have left. As soon as the door shuts when he leaves, Elera would bang both her fists on the table. Not in a threatening way towards any of the guys in the in, in the summit room, she just banged her fists, and everyone would see her black wings go widespread not also a way but it's just to throw that, that sort of trigger off damn it that's what I forgot to say in the last uh, session but I got heated so <laughs> yeah, just for did. sort of how just how just how she would react she would yeah. bang her fist and have the wings widespread so it'd be the first time everyone there apart from the crown's guard when she went straight into fucking <laughs> south here beforehand it's, it's, they would see what she's like true okay not the rage though but just the champion-esque sort of style and that's all i want to add because I, okay. I missed that out. no no you're cool <laughs> so melody there's another couple of minutes walk through the halls of the sapphire key before you reach the large large i'm talking 15 20 foot tall double doors of thick vardorian steel that lead into the very seat of the monarchy's power the heart of the kingdom the throne room well it's you, been a minute since i was last here you gaze upon the intricate 
forged doors, the filigree embedded in gold, the door handles carved from some of the first oak trees that were arcanely planted here when society was being reshaped after the blood war. And it's a wash of emotion. It's a wash of nostalgia for you because it is essentially like you are walking into the throne room again for the very first time. You're walking into the, into the throne room for the first time that you've been active for this for this under this monarch essentially. This is this is new to you. There's a female ma there's a there's a female mage standing just at the crease of the two doors operating a scry spell. She watches you approach and snaps her fingers and she's gone. She misty steps through the door into the, the throne room. And those of you on the inside of the throne room situated at the table, you, you hear the arcane puff as the mage uh, appears on the other side of the door. And you watch as this woman walks about 10 feet before the king before king alfred looks across the table and goes what now i thought after what we've just endured we could convene the rest of the summit in peace without interruption you watch as the mage very subtly bows her head almost as though she feels guilty for interrupting but she looks up and says your majesty there is uh there is another emissary here to join you see the king his eyes nod on looks there and says are you do you really expect me to believe that a second latecomer is arriving she says um well your majesty he's either an emissary or he is some unknown member of the administration judging by the way that he holds himself and the way that he is dressed well did you at least get his name uh, no your majesty i i thought that for the sake of expediency mm -hmm. notifying you would be the the most wise first thing to do you uh zaris Ilera, and anon you watch as the high commander places his hand on alfred's shoulder and says alfred Remain calm. Whoever this is, you are well protected. If they are indeed an emissary, then there's nothing to worry about. He stands if up. They threaten you. You see, I will go after them. You watch as the high commander stands to his full height, looks to the mage, and says, "Let them in." Meldir, from your side of the door, you watch as the doors grinding on the, on the stone of the, the castle floors open to their full breadth. And you look inside, see this large, double, circular form, almost like a figure of eight granite table with multiple guards and people situated around it. From a quick glance of your 23 passive perception, fucking... God knows how I'm going to be able to hide shit from you in this campaign. Immediately, there are two individuals at the closest end of the table to you that you recognize. 
you recognize the dry form of Anon and the blue, the pale blue skin tiefling form of Zarus. I'm going to let you make your entrance. Just before Melder walks in, he's going to think in his head. Yark. If only you were here to witness this old friend. For goodness sakes, I don't understand what crap has gone on in the monarchy we have worked so hard to build. But I guarantee you, I'm going to fix this. And then you're going to see Meldir <clears throat> with his staff in hand. He's going to slowly walk in through the doors. And if he sees Anon and Zerus at the end of the table, he's going to look at Zerus first and be like, Ah, one of my gropers. <laughs> it's nice to see you again. And then he's going to look over at Anon and he's going to kind of bow his head a little bit and be like, Miss Drow, it's nice to see you. In the flesh, even though I haven't formally been introduced to you. Nice to see you moving. You're going to see him kind of shake his shoulders a little bit, be like, I'm still working on the kinks a little bit, but I'm up and moving now. Unfortunately, I wish it was under the best of terms. So you finally decided to wake up. Ah, Groper number two. Nice to see you. It's at this point that the High Commander cuts in and says, By order of His Majesty the King, identify by the gods. It's nice to see you too again, Ivar. I see you're just as bitter as ever. King Alfred stands, looks to the High Commander, and says, You know this individual. The High Commander breaks his steel-locked gaze on you, Meldir, and shakes and says, um, <clears throat> With all due respect, Your Majesty, I think it's best if the Lord makes his declaration of identity known himself. Oh, with pleasure, my friend. And you're going to see Meldir bow, lift his head. Young Alfred, I'm glad to see you all grown up. It's a shame that I wasn't really formally introduced to you, but allow me. Meldir Traveris, lord and ruler of Blackreach and tribal leader of the Frostglades. You watch as... There is a, there where once there was this layer of confusion etched into Alfred's face, it almost instantaneously dissipates, like wiping dirt off of a smooth surface. You watch as he begins to walk the length of the table. As he gets past Anon, he stops, looks to you and says, Lord Traveris, Emissary of Blackreach and Leader of the Frostglades, welcome. 
I understand that there is a lot to be discussed, and I'm sure that you would not be so naive as to try to let certain questions dictate the pace of events. Young King, you don't have to worry about any kind of explanations at this point. I understand the severity of this tribunal, so to speak. So we can skip with the pleasantries of that till a much appropriate time. Then sit, please. Make yourself comfortable. Your presence at the second Vardorian summit is duly noted, and I'm sure that... <sighs> I am sure that things will be all the better for your inclusion, my lord. Meldir, as you make your way closer to the table, you watch as this young, I'm talking late 20s, maybe early 30s, at a push, human female stands clad in beautifully shining, almost mirror-finished plate armor, long-flowing auburn-red hair, and a smooth complexion that seems almost sun-kissed. Elera, Anon, and Zaris watch as Kala stands up and leaves her seat. All eyes instantly on her, even the king. Melder, you watch as this woman gets within five feet of you. And holds herself tall. Not quite as tall as you are, but she still stands very proud, very strong. And she says... Lord Mel Meldir Traveris. You do not know my name, but I know yours, and I know yours through circumstances that may come as a shock to you. My name is Kala Odana. And when last you sat at Vardorian Summit, you sat in conjunction with my great-grandmother, Lady Tala. You must be the new ruler of the tribal plains, my dear. Yes. By no I choice of my own, unfortunately. Melder, she, she <clears throat> stands a hand. You're going to see Meldir clasp his hand, clasp his hand under hers. He's going to put his hand, other hand over her hand. And just simply say, the circumstances that I'm pretty sure are not important at this time but looking at you reminds me so much of your grandmother you watch as Kala places her free hand on top of yours make me an insight check eleven for a total of twenty four Her initial the grip of her initial handshake was firm. However, the grip of her free hand is a little more so. You don't catch it in time in order to react, but you feel as as her free hand clasps yours, she pulls you in and in a flurry of movement you feel 
her knee slam into your solar plexus as you feel the wind being expelled at brute force from your lungs. You take six points of bludgeoning damage. She kneels to you and says, The reason you may understand the resemblance, Lord Traveris, is because if rumor holds true, you're responsible for that resemblance. She lets go of your hands and makes her way back to her seat at the table. <laughs> uh huh. Remind me to figure out why in the world that kind of resemblance would falter that kind of response. Oh my lord, the reason that was always passed down to me was the tumultuous emotional waves of a post-war existence. I'm pretty sure if I had a talk with your grandmother right now, she'd probably do the same thing. Granted that I knew your grandmother Tana very well. You see, she straightens her shoulders and says, Your Majesty, I... Apologize for my conduct. Lord Travaris is, uh... Well, his relationship with my family is still... Unclear. You see King Alfred looks to you and says, I would just like to get through the rest of this summit without any more... Unpredictable events and surprises, my lady. So... Lord Javaris, when you have your air back inside your body, we do still have meat. We do still have events to discuss. Of course, young king. <clears throat> and he's going to take his seat. Then you're going to see Fogfang kind of make his way and stand right behind him. Alfred looks around the table and says, We find ourselves in a very difficult situation. Lord Maldir, you were not here to witness it. However, in order to catch you up on the events so far, it would seem as though the entire kingdom is now perpetually at war with Venora, as their emissary greeted us and granted us his displeasurable attendance by simply delivering a message and he gestures to the the two heads which are still situated on the table you watch as marius the grand seer stands and says your majesty i believe that that puts to bed the question as to the whereabouts of marcin duran i hate to say that the assumptions that we made about his demise were true. I would have certainly hoped for... I would have hoped for him to have survived. He deserved that. Am I to assume that is Marcin Durand's head on the table? 
Alfred gestures to one of the heads and says, Yes, Melier. He has been sent as an intimidation tactic. You're going to see Meldir put his hand to his head and rub his forehead. And with his hand still on his forehead, he's going to say, This emissary from Venora, young king, where is he? Funnily enough, you may have, uh, depending on the timings, you may have passed him in the halls. At the moment he says that, you're going to see him immediately shoot his head up, look at Alfred, and just be like, Alfred, you let him walk out of this throne room? What more would I have done to, to detain him would have given Venora more of a legal basis for a declaration of war than they already possess? Letting him go was the only tactic at my disposal. It's a fucking dragon. It's at this point that Ivar pipes up and says, Besides, it's not as though he can leave the city. What do you mean, Ivar? What I mean, my lord, is that the Venoran emissary has no means of getting outside the city walls. You may have noticed when you arrived here, Meldir, that there is a barrier covering the entire span of the capital. Yes, the effects of the lodestones that I placed in, of course. But I also noticed that someone added an extra feature to it. The Grand Seer looks to you and says, Ah, yes, that would have been by my hand. And you are? Lord Marius Starborn, Grand Seer and member of the High Council. Forgive me, my lord. I, did, I have not had the pleasure of meeting your acquaintance. I was initiated into the, the council after you left Amdale, presumably for the final time before heading home. That's understandable. Am I to assume that there is no malicious intent as far as to what you put on my lodestones? Of course not, sir. In fact, the... Adjustments made to the lodestones and the barrier enchantment of which you had initially created were one of the final acts of order that King York the Black did during his time as monarch. He meant them as a optional extra. They were simply a means of an extreme last ditch attempt at securing the city should something go wrong. You're going to see Meldir kind of shake his head. He's, he's basically been looking down at the table this whole time. After, well, not the whole time, but he was looking at Marcin Durant, or, I'm sorry, Mary Starborn while he was talking. Then as soon as he finished talking, he's going to look back down at the table. <clears throat> Young Alfred. Would it be wise of me to ask the identity of this Fenoran representative. Uh, can I interject here, DM? Yeah, sure, go ahead. You're not going to see Elera raged, but you're going to see her very, very sort of pissed off. She's sort of more stiff, 
she's still standing up. Her wings are still widespread. It's on the table. That hunt is Salathir. And he will be the last thing. I will be the last thing he fucking sees. You say that out loud, Rob? Yeah, I do. Elera says that out loud, but not in the sort of not to be like hostile towards anyone, but just in a really pissed off rage. No, right. sorry, not in a pissed off rage, not pissed off rage, but just you can see her pissed off yeah. as she's saying that because you don't know what's led up to that point. Well, Elera doesn't think that you know what's led up to that point, so. Yeah. The moment you say Salathir, Rob, you're going to see Mildir immediately look at you. And he's just going to, what he's going to do, he's going to stand up. He's going to place his hand on your shoulder. He's going to lean in. And he's going to whisper. First of all, I am so sorry about your loss. And yes, I know. Elera starts to drag on. <laughs> and second. And he's going to place his hand, his other hand, on your heart. And he's just going to say, For this, you have every right to be angry. But if I'm to be any kind of ruler, I need you to promise me that you will steal your nerves. Mildir, do you cast anything on Alara, or is it just a whisper? No, it's just a whisper. I'm basically trying to calm you down. At that point, very unlike Alara, she wouldn't have been looking at you, Mildir. She would have been just looking straight ahead in that sort of rage. And you're going to slowly see... Well, everyone's going to slowly see her wings retract back into her. Very slowly. Her tight sort of composure starts to loosen. And she proceeds to try and sit down. She's not calm. But she's in that process of calming down. Just because, you know, she doesn't want to have a blowout in the fucking summit room. So, so she slowly sit down. And she'll just nod. As soon as she's done that, you're going to see Meldir straighten up. And then he's going to start speaking based to the entire group at the table. Based on the amount of knowledge I have accumulated over the last 100 years. The fact that the young champion here said the name Salathir in my presence is definitely one of my biggest cause of concern for the simple fact based on all the reputable knowledge that I have accumulated this is going to be the most difficult time in Vardorian history and I swore that I would not allow a second blood war to happen, but it looks like I was too late. Fifty years too late, in fact. And he's going to look directly at Alfred, and he's going to be like, Young Alfred, I'm going to tell you this right now. 
regardless of what else is discussed at this summit, as I did with your grandfather, you will have the full force of the Frost Glades behind you on this. He looks at you and says, Thank you for the show of support, Meldir. You have to forgive me. I I need to acknowledge the the fact that you are you're an individual who rules by a much di much different philosophy than I. You come from a leadership timeline adjacent to that of my grandfather. And through no fault of your own, you are a individual who operates based on the means and the methods of the time of which you originally ruled. And as those, and although society has changed in the last hundred years, the reversion back to the old ways is still something of which we need to consider. Not entirely, not a regression. But more remembering our roots. As I'm pretty sure young Kala here has already demonstrated. Our roots, as far as the way things go, are just as you said. Remembering the ways of how we used to be. That being said... You don't have to entirely revert yourself to that. As far as back to our roots, Alfred, there doesn't need to be a full reversion to that. I'm pretty sure over the last 100 years there have been certain things and actions put into place to offset that that would make things a little bit more easier for this I say generation. You may be right. So. I believe that Lord Meldir has already brought us nicely on to one of the next points that I wish to cover during this meeting. In the time we're leading up to us gathering here today, Lord Balin had come to me with a question. A question now that holds more relevance than when he initially asked it. The question being whether or not we had allies. I'm not talking about the individuals sat around this table, I'm talking about groups in society. I'm talking about individual regions that can lend forces i'm talking about mercenaries i'm talking bounty hunters i'm talking contractors military members any allied powers around vardor that would lend their sword in unity to help push back this threat we have the military we have the crown's guard which total a number some 500,000 all in all but we are spread amongst the entire reach of the kingdom 
What are you going to tell the public? To hide a declaration of war from the public, Alara would be tantamount to nothing more than being forced to abdicate, abdicate the throne. No, not what I'm saying. What are you going to tell the public about the deceiver? If you want people to ally, if you want people to work all together here, take that take that person down and that deity down. You're going to need a way to convince the public that this is real. I have my deities. In fact, <laughs> there's somewhat of an alliance on our deity side. Is at this point, Zaris? speaks and says, my king, if I may be so bold, Ilara is right. In order for us to gather enough allies and amass a force strong enough to combat the deceiver and end this blood war once and for all, the transparency with your people is mandatory. It's needed. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You need to tell the people the scope of what is going on and the scope of the danger of which they have been facing for gods know how long. Whether or not you need to tell them that you had been told about this threat, as we have told you countless times, is up to you. I personally wouldn't recommend telling them that because it could spark a full-scale mutiny and revolution. But I do I, I do agree with Alara when she says that you need to tell the people. Young Alfred, if I can add on to what our young tiefling has just said. If need arise to spread word to the entire Vordorian kingdom as to what is going on and what is about to happen. I just want you to know that you have the means of doing that in an instant without having to risk any of your emissaries or um, message carriers traveling the roads. I have linked the Sapphire Keep to every known point within your kingdom without the use of physical roads whatsoever. So you do not have to worry about the risk of any of the word not getting to the people of this kingdom. He links to you, Anon. And leans forward, places his elbows on the on the table and says my dear you sit at this table just as much as the rest of us please let your voice be heard Speak now or forever hold your duck. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Anon kind of sits there in silence. 
Anon, please. Anything. You've seen what we've faced, you know what we're up against. Please, something. Don't be afraid to voice your opinion, young drow. How... We are at war. That is a fact now. We're up against a formidable opponent who has unparalleled power. Any help we could get would be beneficial. But we also realise how absurd this whole situation is. So what do you want me to say? Because... To be honest, either way, we're fucked. It's just a matter of how long do we survive for. And I know that if we do defeat the all-powerful bad guy, there will probably just be another one, another catastrophe happening, and it will be an endless cycle. I'm just doing my best to survive day to day. You speak as though you are someone who is at peace with the fact that tomorrow may never come. I have made peace with the fact that I could die any minute. The high commander. This is not my first war, genocide. Whatever you call it, conflict. Yeah, I have a question. I seriously yeah. doubt it's going to be my last. <laughs> All right, we had like, we had three people. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so, Lara, you first. I need to go over a certain phrase. Last question to you, right? Girl with a serpentine arm, and then if I remember correctly in my notes, man dressed in clad that had witnessed a burning, was sitting in the ivory tower witnessing a burning. Thing. I forget no. the exact wording here. You're referring to what the deceiver told Alara in that yes. dream in that tavern about what she was going to see. So yes. the girl with serpentine arm was already said that was Ilya. Well, now you you've said I picked up as Alara. I picked up as Ilya because yes. of yes, yes, okay, okay. So if I get the phrase right, it was. The woman who bears the serpentine ar serpentine arm, and the angel who sits upon the throne of ivory, mm -hmm. and decimated an entire city in a single day. Um, you also has a rough idea what that is, but it was the other one about there that was I keep. There was also the deceiver. Also had a a cryptic mention of a. A legion born of his wrath. So what you're going to see is Alara is going to mutter, well not mutter, sort of say quietly but very clearly so she can be heard. Girl, oh, what do you like? 
girl with the serpentine arm, angel dress on a throne of ivory decimated, agent born of his wrath. I believe girl with the serpentine arm to be Ilya, I believe, not confirming. And she started pointing her fingers all around the table. Angel dress on a throne of ivory decimated a city. I would presume by that. Not, not confirming, not accusing. Meldir, what you did to your city to <clears throat> free them. Young champion, I didn't decimate my city. I protected it. So, throne of ivory. Decimated a city. Anon, I hate to ask. Pray tell, forgive me. Where is it you hail from? I'm gonna have to find my notes. <laughs> hold on, hold on, I'm, I'm hold, on do, hold on, hold on! I'm trying to do this in a way that's like not dropping everything, but it's just like Ellie's going to everything scrolling. in her head off. Frantic scrolling. Damn it, Rob! You're making her flip pages. What the fuck? <laughs> that's right. I, I, I can RP. So as as Ellie's saying, I don't think that, so. Officially, we haven't actually named the the city where she is from. She's no, just no. from the Underdark. Mm -hmm. Okay. Alright, I can RP like something here. So, another is gonna say, when I was, as you all know, Mel dear, maybe perhaps for the first time for your ears, I was marked with a deceiver. You remember how words, phrases, particular points of discussion, actions, I was essentially blocked from. Before I got that brand, in my dreamlike state, I woke up in the tavern that I was already in, that I passed out at. And the deceiver, albeit me trying to tr deceive him, granted me the mark and uttered the phrase, well, I can nothing else I can never talk about until that mark vanished. Girl with a serpentine arm. Angel dressed in a throne. Or along those lines. This decimating a city. Legion born of his wrath. Wrathborn. We heard Wrathborn from Ilya. Alfred that looks to thing. you. Alfred looks to you and says, Mr. Darragan, are you referring to Lady Visorum? Everything that Zaris, Anon, and that I have told you, have they not happened already? Like a soothsayer. I'm not like casting a... dispersions on your legitimacy, Alara. I'm calling into question why you are bringing up Lady Visoran. Girl with the serpentine arm. She has serpents marked on her arms. Yes, as a decorative piece of body art. We've heard this story from her before. When we came in here, the front gates, well, front gates to this castle here, 
Ilya had shouted Wrathborn, the third point on what the, the Deceiver themselves told me, Legion born of his wrath. Are you telling me you're not sensing some correlation? But the thing I don't get mainly, decimating a city, that's either something that's going to happen, has happened, or is a theocracy that burned. But the Deceiver's not an angel. But he was... DM, I want to I wanna check this real quickly. Yeah. We know, do we know that the Deceiver was kicked from the top, from the gardener, from that? Do we know that he was, that they were kicked? Okay, so... I can't remember if we know or not. Okay, so the, the scriptures tell the story of the Deceiver being cast out after trying to instigate a, essentially a small-scale war amongst the gods. He tried to manipulate the gods against each other to the point where they would destroy each other and allow him to do something. But before he could actually achieve that goal, he was stripped of every ounce of power that they physically could rip from his flesh to the point where he was he, he, he was straddling the line of what of what separates mortal and divine he was he was as close to becoming mortal as was physically and arcanely possible the only reason that they didn't cast him over the line is because they couldn't and he was sent screaming in ethereal form through the divine gate into vardor where he was, if you believe the, the scriptures, he was forced to remain dormant with the only thing left resembling him being his essence and his nature. Now, the reason I the the gods all have their their essences. You know, the gardener is the goddess Ash. She is the goddess of life, fertility, growth love sat on as the warrior he he resides over conquest combat honor and is essentially he is the the honorable spirit that bestows anyone who calls himself a warrior in military crowns guard bounty hunter mercenaries you name it anyone who picks up a sword carries the essence of the conqueror now the deceiver's essence and his passive nature is lies, deceit, trickery, death, destruction, manipulation. His essence, his essence resonates around the world in every single lie that's ever told, whether it be, yeah, 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 I was, I was stuck in traffic, or no, no, I'm not sleeping with your sister, or at the top end of the scale from what you guys have personally experienced, the manipulation of large-scale financial wealth. I just wanted to check that our characters definitely know the story yeah. of him yeah, before you all, I ask. You all know the story. <laughs> After everything I've told you, 
that they were going to do fucking happened. Every time we go to a location, some fucking domino just click, 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 clicks into place. The Grand Justice Every... looks to you and says, Ilara, we value clarity. We value temerity amongst this table. The three of you, he looks to you, Anon, Zarus. The three of you have proven yourselves to hold those virtues already by way of... I don't want to say ousting because nothing has been formally investigated yet, but your allegations towards Balin. You yes, have, Mark, I had. In a different manner... Yes. It was a different glow in that cell. You read the notes. I personally have not perused through them in detail. That will come after this summit is, con is concluded. What I'm trying to say, my dear, is there is a history, yes, of allegations or information being leveled and the verification of that information coming too late. I am asking you now. If you are to level an accusation against Lady Visoran, Whatever that accusation may be. If we draw her into this equation. Where do you see it going? I'm just rotting off the list of everything Deceiver said was going to happen that has happened, and I'm on the next points of that. He looks to Mar and he looks to Maris and says, Grand Seer, you are fairly well acquainted with Lady Visoran. Not on a personal level, but do you know a decent level of detail about her? You're one of the wisest men I know. Would you be able to ascertain even an inkling as to why Lady Visorn's name would be brought up in a situation such as this? The Grand Seer rubs the sides of his head and then looks and looks to you all and says, Well, Lady Visorn possesses an arcane talent which has been amassed through years upon years upon years of painstaking study. Alara's going to interrupt slightly. Hmm. <clears throat> Do you not notice a pattern, Alfred? Lucinda Grohl. Councilman Grisk. Councilman Grisk was... Potentially... Potentially... Balin. Council, Councilman Grisk going, was a criminal. He's going after... From what I'm picking up, he's going after people not the highest position, but he's going to the go-betweens. Lucinda Grohl, acting lawmaster between her, the mayor, uh, Slane? Or am I wrong in that name there? Slane, yeah. Slane, yeah. Slane wasn't... Slane. Sorry, go back, go back a statement, I think I missed something there. The go-between... 
Uh, basically, Larry was saying that, you know, how Lucinda Grohl was marked with a deceiver or linked with the deceiver or that amulet, uh, but she was like, after her, was the high, the high position of power of Mayor Slane. No, Slane, Slane was never guilty. That's no, 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 no. <laughs> Out of risk, right? Risk. No, right, for the first one, right? Lucinda Grohl, mm -hmm. who was linked with the Deceiver because she had the amulet in the eyes. Mm -hmm. Above her was Mayor Slane. However, similar correlation with Balin. You know, after Balin, King. After. Oh, after, right. Okay. Okay. He's okay. making hierarchy link. Okay. He's he's mm. he, okay. You're you're trying to paint the you're trying to paint the statement that the Deceiver seems to be going for people. The the right hand men essentially. Right. Okay. Okay. My bad. I apologize. Yeah, no. So, as I earlier say, that's like, I... He's not going after the highest of the powers. He's going after the essentially go-betweens right-hand men. And he's linking himself with them with very generous offers. Power. Lady Vysorin is nobody's second in command. Ah. As I stated. Wait, who said that exactly there, Mayhem? The that was the, said that. That's the king. Yeah. Ah. That. As I stated, everything we said was going to happen, and as Zaris has stated as well, everything we said was going to happen, happened. So by going, and nothing has been faulty. Happened the way fate, you would say, prophecy has dictated. Well, if that's true, then this is a break in the chain. This is a break in the pattern, Alara. Because as, as I've already stated, Lady Ilya is no one's second in command. She holds no formal office. She holds no formal position in society. She is a noble Yet, woman. However, she has certain authority and a certain level of power. She is still be able to get very close to you, your majesty, despite holding no official position. Legion born of his wrath. Tell me who the fuck are the wrathborn? Ilara? Yeah. Make a perception check as soon as you finish saying that sentence. After I say fuck, or after I say Wrathborn? <laughs> after, you say, after you say who the fuck are the Wrathborn, make your, make a perception check. Okay. Perception, you say. DC, DC is going to be high, but there's be very high, of course. There's, it will there's be. multiple levels of success here, though. Seventeen. Okay, give me a second. I'll do. Sorry. I was pouring a drink. My throat's but, starting to feel like a bucket of sand here. I want to add something to that. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Well, after, the minute after Alara says who the fuck are the Wrathborn, she's also going to make a religion roll, but I, I'm i still going to act out as it would happen. Okay. But I need to make a religion roll. And depending on that, I'm still going to reach out, but I want to make the roll first and then say what I'm going to say. It's yep. going to be the same regardless. Go you ahead. Go ahead. All right. Okay. Religion I will role. I will wait until you've done your religion check. That's a five, so it's a fail. So I'm still gonna act the same. Elera is just going to 
stand back. Sigh. So basically, I'm going back. Who the fuck are the Wrathborn? My queen, let make them see sense. With I'm your, struggling here. With your perception of a 17. <laughs> from where you're looking right now, you're looking... In fact, I'll... Uh, where is it? You are looking in this direction. So you're facing towards the Grand Justice, the King, Kala, and the High mm -hmm. Commander. Mm -hmm. So, with a 17, there's no reaction from the Grand Justice. It's confusion. He doesn't understand the question. The King doesn't understand, but is intrigued. There's an acknowledgement of the severity of your tone. As though you... You're not just spitting a term and trying to convince people of its legitimacy. You're speaking with authenticity in your voice. I don't trust... Right, okay. No, 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 no. Okay. Shut up. Let me, let, me let me talk. Let me talk. Let me talk. <laughs> I need Anon and Meldir to deafen. Oh, jeez. Uh, wait, Anon, it's working in my favor. Hey. Oh, yeah, 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 it does work in your favor, doesn't it? Okay. Shit. Okay, they're deafened. Okay. I'm fucking quick. As, right, soon, okay. as soon as you utter the question, who the fuck are the Wrathborn? You don't... Okay, let me rephrase that. The thing that the thing that causes you to catch it is the squeak of wood on wood, almost like the sound of a chair shifting. You turn to your left and you see Ivar shifting his body weight in his chair with enough momentum to cause the back legs to scooch just enough to cause that little bit of wood on wood squeak. And your attention immediately falls on him. There is a... There is a presence of... How do I describe it? Best as you can, my friend. It's a presence of... Carefulness on his face. Almost as though he is eyeing you up to ascertain just how much you know right now. He's looking at you and there's about 10 seconds of silence that hangs in the air before Alfred looks at you and says, You're going to have to forgive me, Alara. I've never heard that term before. He looks to Ivar and says, Commander, is, is what Ilera says known to you in any way? Or is this, is, is, is she talking about an, an antagonistic power, some outside militant force, or is this something... Is this something of ours? Ivar 
<clears throat> clears his throat and says, No, your majesty, it's nothing. There's, at least to my knowledge, there is no entity, being, group, faction, power, individual that links to a wrath-born. What do you know, Ilara, of what you at speak? That, at that moment, she is going to make another religion roll to another thing. Mm -hmm. If that would be allowed. Go ahead. And it's to send a message. That I'll make the first. Just remember, say, just remember, arcane means are suppressed. So would that work with the failed role that I got then for trying to contact my deity? It would explain it. Let me try again then, but not to them. Religion roll is a four. As a fail again, this is working perfectly. <laughs> so she's just so she's just going to send a message to the soul of Canaveras. Okay. You said you didn't trust him. I believe you. I believe he is the thing, angel, whatever it is, to, that destroyed a city. I believe he's linked. The commander looks to you and says, Ilara. Would you care to explain yourself? Alara steals herself. <clears throat> clicks head to the left, clicks head to the right. My king, I ask one thing of you before I say what I'm going to say next. And there's a reason. Yes, fine. What? I need a higher rank than Agents of the Crown right now for this moment. I need a higher rank with granted protection more than above close to your protection. I need, essentially, for a moment to be your right-hand man. Where if anything happens to me, then that goes against everything. Because right now I fear for my life, my king. Make a persuasion check. Mm -hmm. I just double check my sheet because I am paranoid about this one. <laughs> okay, okay. Persuasion, you say, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Confirm. That's a 13. Oof. Larry, there's no such. There's no need for such guarantees. Everybody in this room. I need your word, Alfred. Everyone in this room is protected under the same conditions. Your need for theatrics is. I I don't know how else to put it other than unnecessary. An angel who decimated a city, and at that point, she looks at Ivar. Briefly. Just, uh... I, I would act on the camera, but I don't want the other see yeah, how I'm yeah, reacting. Yeah, yeah. So she looks briefly at Ivar. Looks back at Alfred. I know... <laughs> I know you trust me, and as, as everyone's saying, that our knowledge has been most beneficial. But, 
Wrathborn and Alera. Claps her, claps her, claps her hands once. <laughs> Hooded figures with a mask greeting us at the door and the Crown's Guard escorted us. Stared at my friend Anon. At that point, Lady Visoran yelled, Wrathborn! At that point, they followed and moved outside, stood to her attention. One. Two. Now, this is a very, very weighted fu fucking accusation here, but it's a spitball in here, Alfred. Balin stated to me in that cell, as you read in those notes when Zara Shred tapped into my mind, that we know who the modern, current Commandant is. DM, I'm DM speaking here. Yeah. That's not 100% accurate. Balin, so the point Balin knows who the Commandant is. Your exact wording was, we know who the Commandant oh, is. Because Balin said in that cell as well, after he said he knew who the Commandant was, I guess everyone fucking knows who the right. new one is. You've met them. You know them. So that's, that's the sample well, okay, I'm taking okay, out from okay, that. Okay. That, that's it from the notes. Now, I could be completely fucking up here, but um, I'm going by the judgment of my knowledge of sound. I believe she knows or is, in fact, the Commandant. But we're going to need Balin's proof of that. And I'm telling you now, I will get that proof from Balin. If he's linked to a deity that completely fucked with my life, killed members of my fucking family and destroying your fucking town, and you're gonna see they're not gonna come out, but Elera takes a little crack in the neck. Not as the rage, not as a distant barrel, just a little crack. I believe also in that what's going to happen. And also, the late Canaveras warned me of this, not to 100% uh, trust Ivar. Now, I believe spitball in here, and Ivar, if I do speak out of turn, I do apologise, I'm just putting everything on the table here, uh, Commander. Angel that decimated a city. Just an ivory throne. But also, those... That night we were attacked, ironically, before Yashin Drakana's court case. And we were attacked. By a, a drow that had no mouth. But when Zaris tapped into its mind, the Commandant had uh, ordered <laughs> an attack. So, and the letter is going to slowly raise her voice a bit. So I believe, Ivar, you know who, fact, who in fact the Commandant really is too. If we were to take down the Deceiver, and if you really are on our side here... Everything on the table. I've put everything on my line. Zara's put everything on the line. Anon, male deers come from 50 years in fucking stasis. Speak true or not as a threat. I will ask my queen to take something away from me. So please as a friend, as an agent of the crown, as someone loyal to King Alfred here. Stop hiding. 
you watch as Ivar places both hands on the table, clasped, and says, If you are quite done raising your voice to those above your station, I will... Oh, I want to say I wasn't trying to raise my voice there. It was just my... my I got passionate with my saying right, okay. points. I, I'm sorry, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> if you will allow me the time of day to explain... I will put to bed any of these vaguely thin-layered accusations that I believe are spouting from your mouth as you speak. In order for anyone to hold a rank of office among the Vardorian military, they must first serve as a non-commissioned officer for a minimum of 10 years. Any promotion to an officer rank is judged and granted by His Majesty the King. Therefore, King Alfred will have no qualms with me putting to bed and putting to rest any accusation that Lady Vysorin holds even the most basest of military rank. Nobles are discouraged from service and active duty in the, in the military for fear of the loss of their family lines. I don't know where you are coming to the conclusion that this threat, this commandant who allegedly walks the streets plotting against the monarchy and against the kingdom is one of my close friends, but I do not take well to the accusation either. There is hostility between you and Lady Vysorin. We have all witnessed it firsthand. And I think I speak for the rest of the High Council when I say that it is starting to cloud your judgment and your ability to think clearly when it comes to important matters such as what we are discussing here today. So, I would like <laughs> to put forth a proposition that would hopefully end the hostility between Ilera Daragon and Lady Ilya Alexandria Vysorin. Your Majesty, with your permission, I would like to put forth the proposition of Lady Daragon and Lady Vysorin embracing their distaste for one another and hashing it out physically in a controlled environment. Words will not suffice here. Words will not disband the hatred that these two individuals have for each other. Excuse me? We're in the midst of a fucking war and you want people on this side to fight one-on-one? -on -one? If it will alleviate a cloud of judgment from your mind, Mr. Darragan, then yes. Besides, Eva. it's not as though you could lay any lethal or fatal harm to Lady Vysorn. Someone would step Eva. in. Eva, you're talking about an old way that has been null and void for the last hundred years. I believe His Majesty the King said that in some ways, returning to our roots could be favorable. Do you honestly think that something from our ancient past would actually be able to circumvent this ill 
will towards these two people that are mentioned. Then allow me to ask Alera directly, do you genuinely believe that conversational means will dispel this level of distrust between you and Lady Vysorn? Ivar, I have led a very, very dark past. I would rather not go back to that fuck. <clears throat> and you're going to see Alera just sort of punch over slightly. Like, like she's been sort of punched in the chest, but she's just sort of bent over a little bit. I vowed. No, I. <laughs> a controlled environment would be facilitated. You would have no need to worry about the severity of harm that would be bestowed upon you or to Lady Vysorin. Can, can I just ask? Is this honestly a best use of our resources at this time? Quite frankly. Seriously, we're at war. Well then, how about we table this resolution for if and when we all come out of this conflict unscathed? As I understand, Lady Vysorin currently has put to His Majesty the King a request to have repercussions implemented upon Miss Adaragon for her actions at Visoran Manor. I simply wish to resolve this. I'm going to ask one thing to the... Uh, out of session, Overkill, is Melody the oldest one here, would you say? Him and Ivar are about the same age. Well, no, Ivar would be the eldest. Ivar is slightly younger than you, Maldir. Okay, okay, oh, okay. perfect. Right. <clears throat> perfect. So Lara is just going to stand up. Maldir. Sorry, no, ignore it, but no, 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 no. I sort of always say. Maldir, no, not Maldir. <laughs> no, sorry. Uh, who, what? Zaris! <laughs> Maldir. You. You know things about me that I have never mentioned, which means one thing you've been spying in a way. By going by that, I presume that what we saw in your home worked as a two-way streak? In a manner of speaking, yes. So you've seen things from myself and Zaris? I have been made aware of things through means that my trusted advisor, and he points to Fogfang, yes, has advised me of. But yes. Then tell me this, from what you have seen, what you've witnessed, me especially, do you think it's really a good idea of resources, tactics, to go fight one-on-one -on -one with Ilya Vysorin? Do you think that wise, knowing what you know about me? Do you see that as wise? Because I fucking don't. Given the notion that the High Commander is mentioning something that has not been seen in the tribe since the conclusion of the Blood War a hundred years ago, and given the current state of things, I think it would be best to table this matter until a much later date. 
And then Alaria's going to look towards Alfred. Alfred. Al Alfred I'm... is currently looking at Ivar, just shaking his head, saying, Ivar. They're right. Alaria will chip in. Alfred, Ivar, I would happily sit down and just talk. No magic, no violence, no military, no army, no weapons, no magic. I would happily just sit and talk with her. But she got the wrong end of the stick, as did I. thing is, we're both so fucking naive to actually sit down and talk about it. If she is willing, I will steal myself, I will sit, and I will talk. One on one. You have my word. But again to the point, my king. Agents of the Crown isn't enough under the, under the circumstances. Hilary, you are granted protection far higher than even the Captain of the Crown's Guard. I need more access. Access to we, what, Ilara? Archives, scripts. Well, fucking... it may, it may aggrieve you to know that up until yesterday, or a little over two days, a little over thirty-six hours ago, every citizen within the city of Amdale had access to the Grand Archives. You're Where telling it, me, Alfred, that you didn't have a backup stash hidden. Ilara, the Grand Archive operates as a public and private resource. It is a collection of every recorded piece of history and statistic analysis and lore, fable, legend, historical information, financial information, judicial information. It is the informational wealth pool of this kingdom. Now the scholars on the table just rubbing the scholars rubbing the temples. The scholars responsible for compiling the more what's the word I'm looking for? Contemporary entries into the Grand Archive will still probably be of use in recalling their their transcriptures. But that will take time, and time is not of our essence right now. I'll give you something extra. I am struggling. Emotionally, mentally, physically. To be myself. We can see that. Which is why I think it is best if we re-divert ourselves back to the issues at hand. <sighs> Cassilius. This Salathir. Does he really have a legal basis for a declaration of war? The Grand Justice takes a second to contemplate before saying Yes, your majesty, I'm afraid he does. He knows Ilera, Anon, and Zaris by face. Solely because we sent them to Venora. And he happened 
to be seen by them. They happened to stumble across him. Had anybody be, would anybody be able to predict the fact that he would hold such an office? No. Could anybody have predicted the fact that he would come here using that knowledge to his benefit to declare a conflict, an official conflict with you? No. But as far as the legal precedent goes, I'm afraid we are the ones on the wrong side of the stand here. If this were ever to reach a courtroom, we would be the defendant. And it's entirely because we sent them to Venora and violated our own exile agreement. Alfred pipes up and says, We were retrieving something that was stolen from us. Yes, your majesty. However, did this trio ever ascertain the people who definitively took that item from us? Oh, I'm sorry. It turned our good friend had fucking died there. I'm not trying to downplay the impact that Mr. Longstrider went through in retrieving the relic. You know what? Tell me. Tell me, Alfred. How many years had it been when you sent us out there? How many years has it been? 99? We sent you there mere months ago, yes. So was that 99 years at that time? Yes, I, I understand what you're getting at, Ilera. However, <laughs> this was an exile agreement that was put into contract. A legally Did binding they agreement. Did their borders during that time before we went in? Not to our Did knowledge. They cross not to our knowledge, certainly not to mine. If they did, they made a fucking good job of, of hiding it. Hilarious. He's back. The fact that they have managed to claim a portion of our territory. We don't know when they did it. It could have been as swiftly as their destruction of the theocracy. We do not know. But Demodia has fallen. It would be naive to assume that it was done by someone other than the Venorans. But we cannot prove if and when they have broken their side of the exile. Because it would be too easy for them to show that we have. We are in Clearly. the wrong. Elera is going to look around all the table, everyone. Looking around. Tell me. Each. Every one of you. Do you all really care for your kingdom? I think it states the fact that you already know my response to that, young champion, seeing as how I helped build this kingdom. Now they were still looking around the table. I need to know I need to know what their postures are like. 
Kala is just drinking in everything that's being said. But she looks to you and says, I love this land more than I can tell, Alara. You know that. My people... My people are a contrast to where we find ourselves right now. We don't live by the current society. We are an example of the old ways. As soon as you set foot in the tribal plains, you take yourself back an entire century. We worship the gods the way that we once did, the way the entire world once did. We live in unity. We live in tribals, tribal structure. We have our own laws. We acknowledge the society that has progressed in the amount of time that it's been since the first summit. We acknowledge the monarchy, we respect the borders and boundaries and legal ramifications that we all hold ourselves to. And the monarchy has respected our ways. I would give my life to ensure that my people continue to draw breath. And I will, if needs be. Marius. Young lady. You said yourself that you came here at the end of the Blood War. I was I was I was instated as Grand Seer at the end of the Blood War, yes. I believe that uh, His Majesty King Yorick granted me the station because of the gifts that had been bestowed upon me. So gifts is a rather polarizing term for them. I consider them both a gift and a curse at the same time. I want this world to continue. I want the world and the people that I look out upon every day. I want the sun to continue to rise and the moon to continue to sway the tides of the oceans. I'm not a fighter, Ilera. I am a sage. I am a mystic. I am a... I am a holy man. I give people faith. I've never taken a life, small or large, in the years that I've been here. And I hold myself to that. I never will. My job as Grand Seer is to act as the conduit between... The mortal and the divine. I channel the gods. Alara is then going to look towards Alfred and Ivar. Alfred looks and says, It's my duty as sovereign to protect my people, Alara. Of course it is. Alara just puts her finger up. She wasn't expecting a word from them both. If you're both as wise as you state, I would presume, since becoming agents of the Crown, you've all done your research on every one of us, Zaris, Anon, and myself. Am I correct? A... Am I correct? A vetting process was indeed undertaken. Yes. How many years? Well, given the fact that you came to us with such vital information 
The vetting process was expedited and conducted in a matter of days. We saw no clue. How many years back? He looks, he, look he looks desirous and says, Mr. Longstrider's movements along the continents is not exactly well documented after his time in the Adventurer's Guild in Brackfort, but he has a clean slate. As for Miss Anon, little to no Anon one... goes very still. <laughs> little to no information exists surrounding her. And she sighs. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just shit yourself? <laughs> Alfred looks to you, Anon, and says... With that statement in mind, my dear, please understand that, yes, that was also a red and a green flag at the exact same time. Your low she profile, just smiles at him. Your low profile does not mark you as a criminal. However, it does not exclude the fact that you may have been smart enough in order to hide anything that you have done. But you were not deemed a threat. As for you, Nalera... Your history as a bounty hunter is very well documented. Your proficiency with a blade and your knowledge of being able to adhere to a strict code of conduct painted you as someone who operates within authority well and knows when not to err too close to a boundary. And off the record your body count is staggering you see the high commander lean forward and says your body count Alara, would make some of my men tremble do, do you with that, know then do with that information what you will then here's the next thing and you're going to see LR take a rapier out. Not in a hostile way. You can't. Case it on. You can't. Oh, so it's still probably attached then, right? Yeah, yeah. So Lara's hands, like, Zavala sort of here, like, hands on the table. <laughs> if you choose not to work with us and fight to your very last dying fucking breath for your kingdom, if what you say speak true, then you're fine. However, all the shit the Seaver contaminated with me, contaminated with my friends, my family, my fucking friend, that was a fucking father figure. Here's what's gonna happen. If all of this is a lie, if we are deceived, if I find any one of you linked to the Deceiver, strongly then I'm letting go of the fucking chains do not let me go there because it's hard enough to keep her back as it is do not backstab us do not bullshit us everything you know we have to know 
and deceive her by length, uh, we will find out who the fucking Commandant is. Right now, you are all equal. Do not make me bring them out. Ivar looks to the king and says, Your Majesty, with your permission, I would like to extend a gesture to Mr. Darrigan. Alfred nods and says, I have a feeling I know of what you are about to refer to. Ivar looks to you, Alara, and says, As a token of goodwill, Alara, the High Council and His Majesty King Alfred give you free reign to apprehend the individual known as Salathir and bring him to custody. In fact, we are encouraging it. Let us see, let us see you put your skills to the test. Let us get a glimpse of how you operated in the past and put your skills to the forefront. We're not asking for the disemboweler to come back, Elera. That We're, name, Elera, bangs the fist. We are asking for an extremely well-trained and proficient bounty hunter to dip their toe back into the pool and do what once earned them a great deal of coin and take on one final contract. Hunt him down. Then I am going to need enchantments. Potions. At that, at that moment, Meldur is going to look at Alara. You have everything you need sitting right here, Alara. Zyrus looks to you and Lara and says, Lara, you know you're strong enough. You know you have what it takes to do this. Let's hunt this bastard down. But my king, I have one point. And as late in the conversation as it is, I apologize. You asked if we had allies. I believe I have something I can bring to the table. My father, Katsuki, currently finds himself trapped within the second level of hell. King Alfred looks to Zyrus and says, Under what pretenses does your father remain trapped in hell? Well, your majesty... Under the pretenses that he resides and rules over the realm of Stygia, the frozen wasteland of the second level of hell. You see, my king, he was trapped there by none other than the Lord of Hells, Asmodeus himself. And he has told me, and in fact he has told myself and my friends, that should we be successful in freeing him from the chains that bind him, and prevent him from moving freely. The entire legions under his command are at our disposal. I will stress this, your majesty. Our disposal. My disposal. 
as I once served as one of my father's generals before coming to the material plane. Zarus watches as the high commander looks at him in total disbelief, total shock and awe. You mean to say that not only are you related to one of the demon lords of hell itself, but you are a general for one of his legions. Zarus chuckles and says, <laughs> well, yes, yes, I am. But the situation is a lot more complex than that, Commander. I won't bore you with the details, but... I wasn't destined to permanently reside in my father's realm. So I made my way here. He looks to Alfred and says, I can assure you this, though, Your Majesty. My father lends his forces with the only ulterior motive of protecting his own realm as a sequential consequence of this conflict. By quashing it here, he intends to make sure that it never reaches his home planes. That the conflict never touches his lands. But in order to do this, myself and my companions will need to travel to hell. And I do not believe you to be naive enough to understand that that's going to take time. However, that is our burden, not yours. Alfred snatches up the chalice and drains it with three massive gulps. Places it back down abruptly and says... Cassilius, your vetting process obviously needs some work. When do you intend to travel to this second level of hell? Cyrus looks at him and says, well, whenever we find the means of getting there. My friend Alara here has the means to take us there, but I get the sense that she's about to put her at her own expertise to the forefront. Alara, it can wait. Let us apprehend Salathir and then free my father. Sorry, I, I got distracted there with the, the group chat. That's what was really messing with me there. With the group chat? Where's the group chat? You know, the little chat box, chat. you know, next to the session chat, and it shows up the, oh, Discord, VC of things. Oh, this one. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, apologies. There was a short two-minute intermission there. Uh, it is officially past midnight here in the UK. So I was going down and uh, wishing Anne on a very happy birthday because it is now officially her birthday. So. Ilara. Zaris is before, just... Before you say Ilara, they're da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-
Never met, a, never, met a mon- never met a monkey with the brain with the memory span of a goldfish, but okay. Love you, sweetheart. <laughs> Please don't kill me. <laughs> uh, Ladies and gentlemen, tonight is Mayhem's last night of actually DMing this session. Uh, yep, will be he joined ne- by. <laughs> he never made it. He never made it to his wedding day. <laughs> so you were saying there, DM? Uh, Zarus has just told you to basically put the task of hunting down south here to like the more immediate timeline mm-hmm. uh Eller was just uh, chip in there with our same thing it's like alfred i can plane shift He's i have an only ad- one Elera just slowly looks towards mail deer not like hostile just mail just smiles Alara puts her f- uh, points of ring up, like, just sort of shaking it, going, ah, touche. <laughs> well, it seems as though the means of traversing <laughs> planes is uh, already acquired. I agree with Mr. Longstrider. I hate to be selfish, but I must insist that the apprehension of Salathir be at the forefront of our attention. We can only pray that once he is apprehended, we are afforded enough time for you to make this journey and conclude this task before we find ourselves neck deep in conflict. Knowing the history of Salathir itself, based on my years of study, this is not going to be an easy or quick task. Maildir, I must ask, in your time... Were the others known of his kind? Only in stories. And writ legends. There's been... As far as mentions of who they actually are in general, no. But... There's been... Hidden written tomes of knowledge that have disgust of certain beings that exist among the plane as far as their identities are concerned no but based on the legend of Salathir's peaks itself that I have myself extensively studied on also question for overkill uh, mm-hmm. don't say we got that uh, we'd met uh, Frostfang Sorry, Fog Fang. Fang. Uh, mm-hmm. Before Elera, before the even start of chapter three, so Meldir would have seen everything through that yes. that coin. Mm-hmm. So everything, so even every sort of, would you have seen every deity encounter? Every single thing except your prison thing. That is everything that he would have seen. He would have seen everything from the point that you guys Life made here. it into Black Reach. Perfect. After that, accept your prison thing. So Alaris is going to say, so you know I've met the others. Most of them. I know of the fact that you have met the others, yes. He watches watches King Alfred, looks to you and says, I'm sorry. You speak of others. Are you trying to tell me that there are more individuals out there like Salathir? From what I've picked up on the others are on neutral ground. Ancient 
As far as others are concerned, young Alfred, not in the same mindset as Salathir. Well, I guess we can count that as a very much-needed mercy then, can't we? Do we know anything about these individuals? Do we know where to find them? Do we know whether they would side with us if called upon? Do they have the potential to go toe-to-toe with the threats that we are facing? Do we... To give names would order your execution. Excuse me? They work on a basis where if they themselves reveal themselves, exiled or execution. Their neutrality is of the highest, most important law among their kind, young Alfred. The minute Canaveras told me, painted a target on his back. So that's a no then. There, I, there is a potential way of communication. But it has to be me alone. I'm not putting you and your kingdom at risk. That's placing a lot more of, than it is. Replacing a hell of a lot of burden upon your shoulders, Alara. She's not the only one that's going to be bearing it, young Alfred. So we have ourselves in this timeline of apprehending the Venoran emissary praying to the gods that the th four of you have enough time to traverse a level of hell in order to set free Zarus's father and doing all of this before we find a potential horde upon our lands. We don't know whether or not Venora is ready to mobilize. If they are, then we have to pray to their mercy that they don't do it now. For all we know, Salter could have given the orders. As I've already stated earlier, Alfred, you still have the full backing of the Frostglades. And to that. And if, and if need be, I can find more. To an extent, you have the Shatterkai. Only if their force is threatened. We have a legion from hell. We have a long lost tribal force. We have a fraction a faction that bear allegiance to the Raven Queen and her champion. Does anybody else have any force that they can bring to the table? Lady Kala, would the tribes answer to you? Kala looks off and says, Your Majesty, I've already told you. The tribal planes will stand in unity with the kingdom. We will fight alongside you, but we will fight for our continued existence. We will fight for your existence, but your your existence, your continued survival will be of a second priority. He looks at Ivar and says, Ivar, my friend, how far, how quickly can you mobilize the military? 
Yvar rubs his head and says, well, given the fact that some 3,000 men are currently taking time to recover and tend to insignificant levels of injury sustained in the rescue attempt, I could pull the entire military presence of Arkara in a week. I could pull the entire military presence of Jorha in less than that. I could have 95% of the Vardorian military back on Zayuri soil within 10 days. However, Eber, you can have it sooner than that. Your Majesty has to weigh up the consequences of pulling our most prolific force from such a wide scope of the of the kingdom. By pulling the military from every major outpost, we put the citizens in those regions at risk. But by not pulling them, we put the capital at risk. Your Majesty has to find that balance, that middle ground. Mr. Longstrider. In your staggeringly unique experience and position, would you care to place a number as to how many combatants your father could lend us to ensure the survival of not just his realm, but ours. Zarus shakes his head and says, No. Simply for the fact that I believe the number to be too vast in order to place a, a solid figure on it. If you ask, my father will give. But you need to make sure that you give something of value in return. Alfred sighs and says, Ivar, you and I will discuss the mobiliz mobilization of our troops in the morning. I believe that that is a conversation that will hold too much weight and will place everybody here under a strain of exhaustion that I do not wish to to level there's something you need that you need to do I think you'll find there are many things that I need to do Aleta remember when I said the deceiver tried to get me as his champion he used to say there's not one now roaming do we have any intelligence that could help us ascertain whether or not this statement holds any validity? Do we know the presence of a champion? Has one officially made themselves known? Has anybody acted in declaration of the deceiver's motives? From all Keep we that know... as a question for Balin in his questioning. All we know is that the only large-scale overt attack that has been conducted has been done by the Deceiver himself. And we have to count ourselves lucky that that attack did not spread tenfold. We also have to worry about the fact that we do not know what his next move is. 
You all have Actually. answered. You all have answered so many questions. I will make my address to the public tomorrow. But for now, I am going to take the selfish route and put into place a protocol that I never ever wanted to have to execute. I'm going to send my family away for their own safety. Alfred, if I may. Of course. Your family will be safe in Blackreach. How can we be sure of this, Melder? Because even through this entire time, no one has known of its existence. Nor its location. And I've made it that way. Because there is no... There is no physical means to get to Blackreach other than what I know. And so be it. Under your discretion and under your supervision, I will transport my family to your home city. Where they will remain until this conflict is resolved. I'll inform my high commander to expect their arrival. And they will be staying in the Onyx Keep. My own personal home. Thank you. Then I believe that... The only thing left to do is to conclude this summit. With the understanding that war is officially upon us. And that we now know... Who our oppressor and attacker is Ilera I am tasking you Lady Kala Anon Lord Meldir and Mr. Longstrider with apprehending Salathir understood he looks to you Ilera and says with a tone of concern <laughs> Just how long has it been since you set foot under the jurisdiction of the Exultant Coin? Outrecession, do you? The Exultant Coin is the Bounty Hunters Guild. And it's been a long time since you set foot on their ground. Right. Now I just need to know, right? How long has it it's been? What a hundred years since the hundred years war, since right? the war? Elera was very young through that vision that Zaris had of her. So I'd say Elera was probably close to ten or a bit younger. Would you say, DM? Uh, from that time with the dog. Yeah. Or would you say younger? Yeah, yeah. No, 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 you say no, about no, ten. Yeah, the yeah. ten, right? Yeah. So. <clears throat> You're muted, Alara. <laughs> okay, Alara puts her Fucking head down. Two sessions in a row. Alara's just writing off things here. She's like, I was 10 years old in the first Blood War. 10. That makes me. Ooh. 
110 odd now. Then woke up in the graves not even a year ago. Ah, couple of decades, I'd say. Well, it's been. Let us hope that you are still firmly acquainted with their protocols. Because I need if, to, I need not remind you that the Bounty Hunters Guild acts entirely separately from the laws of the kingdom. That you're not wrong. In but. fact, they are more closely aligned with the military than they are with any civil faction. They work under very similar pretenses to I. You give them the coin, you do the job, you don't do the job, you're killed yourself. It's... The Dark Kings make it look... They make the Dark Kings look like a fucking picnic holiday. It's been a very long time since I was graced with the term of the Dark Kings. <sighs> Dark Toe. I will... Oh, you about to say something else, RDM? No, no, he was just no. sighing. <laughs> In order to get somewhat of a common ground with him, and to do this ask you've tasked us with, we're going to need upgrades. Elixirs, potions, scrolls, upgrades to gear, if we're to take, if we're to do this and take that motherfucking down, uh, motherfucking that motherfucker down correctly, the same way he took down Canaveras, then we're gonna need upgrades and a rank. Rank, I cannot guarantee. However, I can put in credit payment to certain service providers that would allow you to increase the likelihood of success. Suffice. And then the letter is going to look over to Marius. When can I see him? Marius just gives you a soft smile and says his body should be back from its autopsy by afternoon tomorrow I will make preparations for you to see him and Alera is just going to just say to the say to Marius, where hopefully no one's gonna pick up or understand apart from a few people. Same as last time. Gives you a gentle oh. nod. So he'd under he'd understood what I was mean by that. Yeah. Okay. And then just there says nothing else. Alfred stands and looks at the Everyone sitting at the table and says, 
then, if there's nothing else that need be said, I would like to call a conclusion to the second Vardorian summit. We all know what has to be done. So let us ensure that the people that hold us in high regard live to see another winter. I am thankful that this table holds such diversity, but I am also glad that faces new and old are here to help sway the path that we all walk along. You're all dismissed. Now, if you'll forgive me, I'm going to go and spend some time with my family and try to explain to my wife and child the severity of the situation as well as the reasoning as to why they are being sent away from their home. I anticipate that my son may never understand. I anticipate that my wife may never forgive me. But between them, understanding and forgiveness may yet come. You watch as Alfred begins to depart. The Grand Justice exits out the door on the right-hand side. The Grand Seer follows about ten paces behind. The, the High Commander of the Sword stands, gives an order to increase the patrols around the Sapphire Keep and the Royal District. And then walks over to the ladder and says, By the end of this, Alara, I wish that we can look each other in the eyes and say that there is absolutely no ill will between us. You and I have extremely polarizing approaches to achieving the same goal. I just hope that we can wake up one morning and realize irrefutably that we have the same goal. I never doubted that. Or he looks to Mel he looks to Meldir and says, "As intriguing as your reappearance is, old friend, I am actually glad to see you. You represent a way of thinking and a means of execution that I have nothing short of the utmost faith will be of great use." in these dire circumstances. My only regret was that I was not here 50 years earlier. Had you been here 50 years earlier, we may never find ourselves in this position. Hell. Thank you. Thank you or would agree with you on that. If you were here 50 years earlier, maybe you maybe maybe you would be sitting in my chair. And the High Commander walks past all of you and exits out the, the main doors, followed closely by several of the Grand Guard. So. It's no longer a disaster trio. I don't know what to call you, but 
What are you doing? Alera is just going to slowly stand up and slowly just walk out. But she will walk past male deer and she'll be like, Talk to you at home where it's more private. I don't I, trust these walls. I understand, young champion. Just, just... Delera. Don't... Titles don't sit well with me. <laughs> well, after everything I've seen, it's going to be difficult to not call you young champion. <laughs> no. You've gone through hell and back, Alara. Whether you believe it or not, you are a lot stronger than you believe. I've I seen thought... it. Fogfang's seen it. Even Anon and Zerus have seen it. You have more potential in your right pinky than you think that you do. Speaking of Anon. As you all venture, as you all venture out of the throne room, Kala. Yes, yeah, she oh, sorry. kind of heads towards Kala. Oh, okay. Uh oh. Cat fight. No, I'm Time to mute. <laughs> <laughs> Shall was... we deafen here, DM? No, 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 no. I was just about Round to say, Anon. One. As you as you make your way to the the main the main doors of the throne room, Kala draws level with you. So since you already had that thought in mind, I will let you go through whatever it was that you had on your mind. That was intense. Yeah. However, I get the sense that it all worked out for the best. I really hope so. Tell that to my sternum. <laughs> Tell that to my fucking blood pressure. <laughs> uh, as you're walking, Kyle get, looks at you. So you're looks at you to the side and says, "So, um, last time we saw each other was when we managed to flee from the theocracy, and well, obviously a lot has happened in that time." So, I don't know, like, could you fill in the blanks of what I had, what I don't know? Uh, well, for me, damn, I'm going to make this perfectly clear. Yeah. yeah. Anon isn't lying. What do you mean Anon isn't lying? Anon isn't lying. I think what she is going to say is the truth. Okay. <sighs> bark, bark. I don't know how much I will be able to fill you in. To be honest, after the theocracy, I was not in the right frame of mind the whole situation brought back a lot of 
bad memories. Um, next thing I remember clearly was Alara getting into a fight, but even then I don't really know what happened. I wasn't there. She was... I think they, they briefly tried to pin the, the Keeper of Secrets, his, his death on her, but she was let out. The, the whole Grand Archive, that is, that is gone. Like, we, we went there after the whole aftermath and it was a, a complete mess. So to be honest, I've got pretty much a good idea of what's going on as, as you. Kyla clears her throat and says, <clears throat> Hmm, interesting. Forgive me, Anon, but there was a moment a couple nights back where I could have sworn. I could have sworn that somebody was in my room. I'm... I'm not used to the big city. I mean, I've been here... I've, I've been here for... I've been here for two months and... I find myself... Routinely... Locking, unlocking, and relocking... Every door... Every window... Every closet door, every desk drawer, every storage chest, I, I, I go through the same routine. And I, 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 I remember, I remember taking a nap one night and I know for a fact I closed every window. I, 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 something woke me. I, I don't know what it was, but when I looked out the window, there was a flash of, there was a flash of something like somebody, somebody moving around a corner. I don't know. I, I, I'm probably just, I'm probably just being paranoid and I, I'm not making any sense, but it, it's left me in a position where I don't feel I don't feel safe here in the keep anymore. And that's why you want why, to come stay with us? Well, that leads me on to my next point. I when his majesty sent for me this morning, I managed to have a, a brief window of time alone with him and I I thanked him for his hospitality. I I made sure that he realized I was very appreciative and grateful for everything I I offer to reimburse him for the cost of the food, uh, everything, but he refused. He said he wouldn't allow it. He wouldn't be seen taking payment from 
from someone such as myself when all he was doing was extending hospitality. Mm -hmm. He understands my unease and he has given me blessing to reside somewhere else. And as it stands, I don't really have somewhere else. Um, no, you, you are always welcome at our house. Thank you. And even when we're not there, we've got out of session. I, what's her name? Uh, Vlar. Vlar. Yeah, we have Vlar. She seems to be living there full time, so more the merrier. Kala gives you a smile and says, Thank you. That's overly generous. Do you want help go getting your stuff? We can go now. No, I think right now what I need is I need to send I need I need to send words to home. I'll I'll ask a guard. I'll I'll get a guard to to escort me to to wherever it is that you you guys live. Uh, yeah, sure. and I then give her the address. Cool. She she looks at you. She she gives you a hug and says. It's all downhill from here. Yep. Isn't it just? It's at this point that she looks at Crown's guard and says, I'm assuming that you can accommodate someone to bring me to their residence when I need to. Crown's guard just goes, yes, ma'am. Um, we can certainly do that. You just need to give us five minute heads up. That's all. She looks to all of you and says, well, I guess I'll see you guys later. Probably by the end of tonight. I'll set up a room for you. Kala leaves. No, no more knees. <laughs> she looks to you over her shoulder and says, let's first find out whether or not I should be calling you grandfather and then we can talk. <laughs> so. What did you do, Mayhem? <laughs> oh, God. I mean, I'll let Meldir decide whether or not he, he stumbled into the wrong tent and fell into the the warm embrace of a very, very, very prolific and very influential tribal leader. Told you was going to... I told you. I tripped and fell dick first. No, the yeah. old... Hang on, you're not my wife. I told you I was going to mess with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and thanks. You made it seem like a teleport went completely wrong. <laughs> I mean, we've all got our stick, so you've now officially joined the clan with 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 Meldir's own shit. Well, well, it was either that or I had the teleportation go wrong, and he ended up in the the queen's bed chambers. No, he's gone back in time and sitting on top of a blue horse. <laughs> that was my general thought, was the fact that someone made one of my teleportation circles into a mosaic on someone's <laughs> roof. Anyway, what are you guys doing? I, I think I heard Alara saying that she was just... As if she said something about talking at home. Yeah, so what... Yeah. Alara's sort of, after that point, she's had that brief conversation with... Uh, 
mailed here. Uh, Alan's ours. She's not bothering them, so she's just walking outside the door. And as soon as she's like, I don't know how, f I don't know if Melody or Anon's Zaris are quite close to following, but Alera's, as soon as Alera gets out the out the castle gates, like not into the palace gardens, but as soon as she gets like out of the actual front gate, uh, Hugin and Mugen just sort of like are flying around her, and not a plane shift, but acting like a plane shift. So they're. They keep going around in circles with her, then they stop, and they go around in circles, and they stop, then they go around in circles, and you're seeing like Alara's just like feels, that's it, drained, weak, defeated. She's still suffering from the wounds from that fucking fight. <laughs> or fight, unquote. <laughs> you, you mean that severe ass whooping you got? Yeah, so Alara's just like, if you were to look at her, you would maybe think she's... <laughs> the amount of pain she's in, she probably looks drunk with the amount of pain she's in. <laughs> okay. So the plane shift is like she's trying to get the plane shift to work to go home, but it's, it's, she's just not strong enough to verbally communicate that. <laughs> so she doesn't say where she's going. She's not act the, the plane shift hasn't actually activated. In case you try and send me to Timbuktu. <laughs> <laughs> so she's not outside I said start not plane shifting and she's just if you if you were here, she just looks weak. <laughs> I don't words, know how I, hmm? In the words of Tony, that's called a dash action guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Gah? Gah? So I, I don't know if the others have seen this, but this that's that's her layers just now and her head is filled like she's do I see what I was discussing with you the other day, Mayhem, about what she's thinking? Like when she said, same, same as last time to Marius. You're probably going to have to refresh my memory. Well, she asked about burying Canaris's body. Right. And, uh, and you, you were told as, that you'd be able to see him afternoon time the following day. Uh, when she said to Marius, same as last time, she's referring to... When she got the deities to speak to each other. So she's trying to hint at a similar process. Right. But she's okay. going to do it her way, though. Okay. So um, should I mention that or should I just keep that for when the time. That's entirely up to you. Her main focus is to get uh, Canaveras buried. And whatever procedure, whether it be he gets put into ashes or he just gets generally buried as soon as the start of that process is happening Elera is going to contact his family and demand they show respect to the funeral and then she's going to try and uh, have words with them so she's trying to think how she's going to if somehow it fucking works she's trying to sort of think how she, what she's going to say and how she's going to address them and prepare for things when tits up <laughs> Okay. That's, if, if, if that's too much or too little, just that's, that's what she's planning, is what she's wanting to do, so. Okay. And she's surprised that she didn't really, apart from a brief moment of calm when she reached out to Canaveras' soul, she's surprised nothing else happened apart from being slightly calm. She asked, to get, she asked Canaveras to help get South here to fuck off out of that, that room, and all she felt was calm briefly. So okay. that's so. 
Where are you guys going? I need an answer. Where are you guys going? What are you doing? Home or passing out. Okay. <laughs> Home. Home. There's one thing Meldir wants to do first. Okay. <clears throat> Meldir's going to look at Fogfang and essentially just be like, I need to make a stop somewhere first. Meldir would like to visit the grave of Yorick. Okay. 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 Well, so, you guys are still in the castle grounds. Um, I'll say that. Go ahead and make a persuasion check as you issue that request to one of the crowns guard. Oops, I did not mean to do that. Disregard that. I don't know why it's doing it at advantage. <laughs> Let me try that again. Fucking 30. He's rolled two 30s. 27. 27? Something makes Aris jealous. I know, right? <laughs> oh, God. I wonder what Tony's reaction is going to be to that 31 roll that Overkill got earlier. Jesus Christ. Uh, oh, guy? man. Gah? Really? <laughs> Gah? Uh, okay, so you you managed to you managed to catch a, a, a crown's guard on patrol. You you say that you want to go and visit the uh, the grave of King Orc the Black, which is in the royal crypts. So mm -hmm. he nods and says, "Certainly, sir. I'll 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 take you there. Just just follow me." You walk for about five minutes you walk around the outskirts of the the palace gardens to this large mausoleum that stands on the far northwestern uh region of the castle grounds itself and he leads you down he leads you down this long flight of descending stairs uh to this large very large place 60 by 100 feet crypt that has only roughly six or seven uh, sarcophaguses in it at the far end decorated with statues and adornments and banners is the the great the, the tomb of your friend king york the black What you're going to see is Melder is going to walk up to his tomb. And in the flash of the light, you're going to see not one, but two pairs of angelic white wings with a six foot span on either side erupt from his back with a golden glint to him. He's going to take a knee with his staff in hand. And he's just going to say out loud. My friend. Things sure have turned for the worse, haven't they? Through all our planning, through all our preparation. It's all leading into round two, and... Maldir standing 
at the foot of the sarcophagus of the man that you helped as an advisor bring around the first iteration of the Vardorian monarchy. There's no sound being made in the crypt at all. And it's not for the fact that there's nobody here. It's for the fact that for the longest time, the sacred nature of this ground has been perpetuated and portrayed to such a degree where the creation of any sound by an individual is seen as a unparalleled insult to the ones that are buried here. Like, like an armistice day, two minute silence. Mm -hmm. The level of silence here is absolutely outstanding. But it's the, the basest form of respect that can be given. You cast your mind back and you remember the sense of relief at the conclusion of the war. You remember the tension that filled the air at the summit the following day. You remember the the syrup-like tension held amongst the populace when Yorick sat upon the throne for the first time. The doubt the scrutiny, the belief that he didn't deserve to be sitting on that throne, the belief that people genuinely thought he was going to turn out to be a tyrant. But then you feel the relief as you recall how he proved them, for the majority part, wrong. Yes, Yorick's reign had issues. Yes, there was shortcomings that could have been prevented, but he was the first monarch in a new society. He was never going to get everything right. How long do you stay there? He's going to stay there just a couple more minutes, and he's going to say some more stuff and just be like... The amount of turmoil that you and I went through over the last gods know how many years. My only regret was not staying to see your forebears continue on. You placed me under the most noblest of positions when you made me your most highest advisor. Regardless of the current monarchy, I am still going to maintain the noble position you gave me all those years ago. And I just want you to know something, dear friend. I will not sit idly by and watch what you and I have worked so hard to achieve fall to ruin again. 
And with that, <clears throat> he's going to stand up from his knee, walk over to the side of his sarcophagus, and place his hand over his heart. On, I'm pretty sure with it being a royal sarcophagus, it would have a carved out image on the lid of yeah. the king itself. He's going to place his hand over York's statued heart. I will not see your progeny fall to ruin. And I will not abandon this continent ever again. Okay. As and you, with that, he's going to remove his hand and start walking out of the crypt. As you do, and as you rejoin Alara, Anon, and Zyrus, and make your way to their residence for the first time, we'll say that you guys take a couple hours to decompress, maybe have some solo time to consider the events of the day, there's a knock at the door around mid-evening. You hear Vlar venturing from the lounge area, opening the door and conversing with someone briefly before she calls for Alara. Yes, I didn't pay my parking ticket. No, you were flying without a commercial license. Vlar just looks into the household and says, Parking ticket? What are you... No, there's someone here to see you. Who? Some... Some... Magister. Is the door open or shut when she tells Lara this? Open. Lar, stand away from the door. Are you are you going to the door? I'm slowly going towards the door, but as I'm as Lara okay. doing that, she is telling Vlar to stand away from the door. You watch Vlar take two steps to the right of the door, sort of clearing the way for you to look out. And standing Further. standing there, dressed in simple robes, is the first person who welcomed you to the Grand Temple the very first time you visited it. Magister Araxovar. Holding a box. This expressionless visage on his face. As he holds the box in both hands and simply waits for you to come closer. Larry looks at the box, looks up at uh, looks up the guy, looks down the box, looks up at the guy. Fear not, Alara. I'm not here to harm you. I'm not here to bring any drama or tension. I'm here to deliver. Blar, please go to another room. Make sure the others are in their room. Or at least somewhat. At a distance. Sure, 
Okay, you're starting to scare me, Alara. I don't like this. Uh, DM, is there, do we have a new table again? After Alara smashed the last one? I'll say that, given the fact you that... I thought it, we fixed it. Yeah, you fixed it, yeah. Okay, right, so as the room's somewhat empty, or the guy's staying at a distance, Alara's beckoning the, the guy to come to the table. And to place he, the box on the he waves a hand and says, I'm I'm just here to deliver. Elena, I'm not I'm not staying. You sent you. He breathes a heavy sigh, closes his eyes for a second, opens them, and the only emotion on his face is pain. Oh and Canaveras. He holds the box in a single hand and presents it to you. How heavy is the box? Uh, like what size is it? Kind of thing is it? Is it like how size your hand or? It's like standard jewelry box size. Yeah. It's like okay, okay. It's so like six in, six inches by seven inches, and it's like three inches deep. Okay, so Alara will take the bosk and the, the boss, the boss, and we'll <laughs> sort of the bosk, and we'll sort of. He puts the lotion in the bosk, <laughs> and she'll just sort of say, "Wait there first. and she'll take the box to the table. All you hear as she... as you all you hear is you tear as you turn and head towards the table is, I've done my part. And you hear footsteps exiting and getting further and further away. So Larry shuts the door, goes to the table, and without even thinking, opens the box. As you open the box, it explodes! No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> ah, <laughs> got disemboweled! Listen, Balor got dismembered. <laughs> Fucking holy hand grenade. That's, that's, that's my brother, thank you very Fucking much. Fucking holy hand grenade explodes in your face, dealing 10d20 fucking radiant damage. Nah, I'm just kidding. Emotional damage. In, <laughs> so, inside, in the box? Inside the box, Alara, is a crystal. A shard of crystal, about four inches long. This vibrant orange amber. There is a letter, and there appears to be seven small, maybe two inch, maybe a, a inch and a half in size, little pieces that all look somewhat different to the other. First thing Larry does is reads the letter. You open the letter, and it's congratulations. You are the proud owner of the Millennium Puzzle. <laughs> it's nothing more than two <laughs> words: Concordia Eternum. And, ladies and gentlemen, that is where we're going to end our session for tonight. Thank you very, very much 
for joining us on this episode of Duckies and Doggies. I'm just going to interrupt you. Can we just go around and plot for Overkill? Yes. Yes. And welcome. He's been initiated. Officially welcoming Overkill slash Melding to the campaign. I am now suddenly fucking terrified of what he can roll. Well, you're just gonna have to um, fucking nerf him, aren't you? No. Yes. Nerf us, nerf him. No. <laughs> you have my character sheet, Mayhem. I know. know exactly what I can roll. I know. I know. Sorry, that's 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 in the tens too high. It's got to go low. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, also, Anon's when it explodes. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh. Thank you very much for tuning into this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to tune in next time to see just what the hell Hilara just received in that box. Because I give you my guarantee, we're not doing that session. We're not going through that plot point without Tony being here. Because he deserves to hear this shit. So Also, he needs to be here for what I discussed that I wanted to do. Yes, yes well. he does. Yes, he does. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. We love you. Stay happy. Stay healthy. Stay safe. But above all else... Stop! Stop! Overkill. You have to say it. No. Say it. Say it, Overkill. You have to say it. It's tradition. You have to say it. Roll for initiative, kids. <gasps> Good night, ladies and gentlemen.